Week four of the college football season is in the books. It's time to talk draft scenarios. Cam Moore, Washington quarterback, sounds like a perfect fit for the Minnesota Vikings. And we'll tell you why next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. My national scout over with the Draft Network, as well as the host of the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Guys, thank y'all for tapping in. Happy Monday. And thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Thank you, guys. Shout out to you for being our everydayers, man. Let me kick it over to my guy, my partner in crime, Mr. LSU, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on Twitter at The Talent Code. Keep talking to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, Senior Draft Analyst with the Draft Network, man. 2019 National Champ with those LSU Tigers, man. But you know why we're here, right? Myself, Damian Parsons, we're here to bring you that championship-level content surrounding the NFL Draft 24-7, 365, man. This is the dynamic duo to tap into everything NFL Draft, whether that's from a college perspective or NFL perspective. We cover it all over here, man. But DP, man, we just wrapped up week four of college football, man. So you know what this means. It's Monday. It's Monday. And Monday, we should be in a routine of what? We're going to give you draft scenarios. We're going to give you stock up, stock down. And we're going to play coach. We're jumping into the locker room and we're handing out game balls. So DP, before we get started with the draft scenarios of the players who who played well and what teams we think should be um, pursuing them. Let's get into this title sponsor first. Today's episode of Locked on NFL Drive is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Draft scenarios, Keith, and, and you talk about guys that play well. One of my guys, I, I, I was excited to see him all season, and he hasn't disappointed. In a big-time, like, rank versus rank matchup, Washington State quarterback Cam Ward. Cam Ward was yeah. 28 of 34, 404 passing yards with five total touchdowns. He had four through the air, one on the ground. And you talk about a guy that just looks like a dude out there. Like, he looks like everything is just easy for him, right? And, and now I will say that he he has to stop drifting in the pocket as much as he does from time to time. Like, you know, get out of that habit, uh, especially in the NFL. Because, <clears throat> like, Shador Sanders does the same thing. Bryce Young would do the same thing. Like, it can lever- out-leverage your tackles against NFL rushers. But, man, the arm talent's there, the quick release. And, Keith, when we talk about draft scenarios, the ideal fits, I would love to see him in Minnesota with the Minnesota Vikings. I would love they need to find Kevin O'Connell's franchise quarterback, right? A guy that he can hitch his wagon to, that he can tie himself along to and say, we're together for the next 10 plus years. They don't have that in Kirk Cousins. Okay. Kirk Cousins is over the age of 30. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He's a good quarterback, but he's not the franchise guy for the next five to 10 years. That's just not being realistic. That's just not what it is. So when I look at Cam Ward, you know, and just, just looking at that season, Keith, 
106 completions off of 142 attempts, almost 1,400 yards through four games, 75% completion, 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's only been sacked eight times in four games, so that's on the equivalent of two uh, sacks per game. Now, seven of those sacks have came in the last two weeks. or came in the, f- the first two weeks, I'm sorry. Uh, and then you look at this just rushing ability. You know, he's not getting you a bunch of yards, but he's, a, he's still a threat with his legs because he has three rushing touchdowns. So I think him... Put him in that offense that kind of was that that, that uh, Sean McVay style offense Kevin O'Connell mm-hmm. came from with Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, a guy that can get the ball out quick, but also extend plays and make plays off script, off schedule. I love this fit for him if he was to become a Minnesota Viking. Yeah, I, I never thought of those two going together, but I actually think it is a good marriage because I, I think, too, that. Kirk Cousins is, you know, he's a he's a solid to plus level quarterback, right? Like I, I never knock mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins um and say he's not good, right? Um, but I think transitioning away from Kirk, right, will happen in some point in the next couple of years just because he's an older quarterback. And the the upside with 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 Cam Ward's ability to run the football and make those off script plays, I think it'd be really fun for this offense because even just those broken plays, right? And now you're talking about the scramble drill with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. Like that's that that's good luck, right? You can't guard right. the regular play. So good luck trying to guard a, a scramble drill DP. And I really like that because when I watch Cam Ward, I see a guy that one, he's confident in his ability to play quarterback, right? And two, he makes those NFL throws that's not open that you have to understand that my wide receiver still has a high percentage chance of coming down with this ball. For instance, he made a throw yesterday, DP, where the DB was covering the wide receiver. They're on a vertical route. The DB was covering the wide receiver, but the DB's back was turned, right? And he still just, you're like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just fit this football in there. And he, there was a completion. They, you know, they moved the ball, and it was a big-time throw. And so you, you're starting to see him get more comfortable. And obviously, this is a guy that was a transfer. Um, last year was his first year at Washington State. He was a transfer from Incarnate Word, I believe. So, you know, big step up in competition. But he's he's risen to the occasion. So I really do like that that draft scenario um, as, it, as it plays out. And we'll have conversations about Cam Ward um, continuing because I don't think he's about to stop. Uh, what he's about to do, and I'm predicting a couple upsets in the Pac-12 by him, uh, because this is just gonna flat out be a, a quarterback duel right throughout the entire Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So it's like whoever's gonna come, uh, you, you know, just who, who whoever's gonna bring the guns to the night fight, right, or or bring the biggest guns to the gunfight, right? Like that's just what's gonna happen. But DP draft scenario, man. So you know, I did my mock draft last week, right? And you know, we went over it a little bit. And so I'm like, okay, what draft scenario, draft radar should I go with? And Jatavian Sanders, he balled out again, right? So he, he played well in the Alabama game. And then this week he went five receptions, 110 yards, uh, 22 yards per catch. This We're talking about a tight end, DP. Um, that is, it's slowly looking like he's the number one option in this offense, right? He's dominating the middle of the field. And I thought about it and I said, you know what? You know who dominates the middle of the field and is the number one option for uh, offense? Travis Kelsey with the Kansas City Chiefs. So <laughs> I was like, you know what, DP? And I know you talked about Kansas City doing this last year, right? Drafting a tight end, you know, potentially like a Don Kincaid or, you know, somebody mm-hmm. like that at the back end of the first round. I said that the Kansas City Chiefs should go ahead and draft Jatavian Sanders at the, you know, potentially at the back of the first round. Start working on that transition or or just even if it's a two tight end set, um, this can be really dangerous, right? Because we've seen 
the Kansas City Chiefs time and time again try to put two tight ends on the field, but the it's levels to this, right? And it's simply put that it's Travis Kelsey, and then it's a steep fall down to the second tight end, right? And I think if you put Jatavian Sanders in there, like I think it's dangerous. And I'm always a proponent, DP, of a young, talented guy going into a room, into a meeting room, into an offense with a savvy veteran, you know what I'm saying? That's like potential Hall of Fame. So he can kind of teach him the ropes. Like I'm always a, a, a like I'm always an advocate for that. Like, like give those guys somebody to groom. And I think Jatavian Sanders with, with with Travis Kelsey, like I think that would just take off and you're talking about to the moon for the next 10 years. Keith, I like that. I, I like that. The NFL won't like that, but I like it. You know what I'm saying? The NFL is absolutely not going to like that. But I, like you said, putting him in the room with Travis Kelsey and it takes some of the onus off of the wide receivers because you yeah. can run 12 personnel. You can be creative. He can detach from the line. Both of them can detach from the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they do the same exact – like, they literally do the same exact thing. And I'm and I'm not going to make a draft comp yet, but don't be surprised if my comp is somebody like a Travis Kelsey, right? And it's – like, you don't want to compare him to a Hall of Fame player, right? But we, we, right, we're right. making comparisons. It's more about the skill set and what they could do. Jatavion Sanders can line up at – on the outside, he can line up at slot. He can line up, uh, you know, as, as the Y. He can line up as the H. Like he he does all of those things, um, in this Texas offense, just like Travis Kelsey does for the Kansas City Chiefs. Keith, real quick, I want to, you know, I talked about him about two weeks ago. I'm gonna bring him back up for draft scenarios. Xavier Leggett coming off a game old. against Mississippi State, five one eighty nine, two touchdowns. He's averaging twenty one yards per catch this season, Keith. Two six three two twenty seven and the slant. This play, the play that, for those watching on YouTube, this picture was from his touchdown. Where he caught a slant from Spencer Rattler and took it to the house. I'm talking splitting DBs. That's down the field and outrunning guys. So when I think about man, where what would be a great situation for him? Where could he go? And I was like, man, I would absolutely love to see him. In Buffalo with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, you know what I'm saying? I know they got Gabe Davis and Khalil Shakir. I get it, right? He's probably – I mean, heck, if he keeps this up and he goes and tears up the combine, he might work him, work himself into the back end of the first round. Right. You know what I mean? And and I would have no bones about that, Keith. But for me, I'm like, you put him and his – like. Watch him against Georgia, right? That was a kind of a litmus test. That was the only game he didn't have 100 yards. And if it wasn't for the, for the rain – and the pressure that was on Spencer Rattler, he would have gotten 100 yards. Mm -hmm. He caught seven for 71. He, he actually where... stood out to me when I watched. Like He didn't dominate. Exactly. I feel like, okay, uh, this is the guy that DP is talking about, and this guy's pretty good, right? Like, I, he, he he, he's, he's very good, Keith. And for a big guy that speed, he he pushed those guys vertical, saw him sit down and snap off comeback routes, different things like that. I wanted to just give him some love real quick. I think Xavier Leggett going to Buffalo – would be just another way to help elevate Josh Allen and that passing game even more. Yeah, I agree with DP. Let's keep this thing going, man. It is Monday morning, so we're bringing the fire, man. We're wrapping up draft scenarios. Where are we headed? We're headed to stock up, stock down. Whose stock is up when it comes to the locked on NFL draft duo? And whose stock is trending down, man? And it's some people had disappointing performances, right? And so we're going to keep this thing, like we said, man, this, this list is fluid, right? So we're trying to go through this draft process, walk through this week by week, man. So 
Coming up next, man, we're going through stock up, stock down this week's biggest performers who performed well. And it doesn't have to be based off of statistics, right? It's watching the film. It's watching the games like, man, who really stood out? So coming up next, man, stock up, stock down. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Guys, it's easy. Just create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Then you have simple tools at your disposal, like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and or hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Stock market is back open. We know it opens up every day, but especially on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, it opens up every Monday morning. And Keith, when you think about stock up, stock down, whose stock moved for you after week four? Yeah, so I have two guys. I'm going to start with, with the first one, and guy in your neck of the woods, DP. And this, it's it's safety Andrew McCuba, right? And, and the reason is that oh. I, I, the, the statistics are not going to go crazy, but he missed the past two weeks, I believe. I think he got hurt in the Duke game, right? And yeah. I think this was his first game back. And what you seen was DP in that game was just a guy that he, he plays safety. He's always around the football, high effort player, versatile in alignment. And he's a free safety that can play man to man. And when I was watching that game early, DP, and I almost text you, I was like, him playing free safety, I, I, I don't think is in the same realm, right? But remember Daxton Hill from Michigan, right? And they both had those abilities to, to play the top, right? And they can cover sideline to sideline, but you can also put them in nickel and they almost can cover like a corner. So when I watched Andrew McCoub, I'm like, okay, this guy's really emerging. And not only emerging as a safety, as a defensive back, DP, because this cornerback group also, right, is like, okay, who are the top corners? So if you just emerge as a defensive back in this group, you're on, like, you're, you're doing really good things. And I really liked what I see Andrew McCuba. Obviously, they didn't win the game, but I like the skill set of what I seen from him. No, he, he, he balled out, man. And he balled out week one, too, because yeah. Jalen Calhoun over at, at Duke is a baller. That's one of the better wide receivers in the ACC. And he had him on lock. He was targeted. I think I think McCoop was targeted like almost 10 times. And he gave up almost nothing in coverage and man to man. And we saw even even against Keon Coleman. Uh, you know, yeah, Keon Coleman yesterday. Keon gave him a little nice little push at the top mm -hmm. of the route, separated. He worked right back, was physical, played yep. through the hands, caused a, a PBU. He can he could do a lot. He's a Swiss Army knife, man. That's why I keep calling him Jimmy Ward. He reminds me so much of Jimmy Ward from the San Francisco 49ers, man. I'm glad that I'm glad somebody is starting to pay attention to my boy Andrew McCool. Nah, definitely, definitely. Who you have up, DP, for your uh stock up, stock down? So Keith, last year the 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 wide receiver class was a lot of, we, we talked about it, right? A lot of slot receivers, a lot of shifty guys, smaller receivers. And this year, it's a little bit of the opposite. It's more bigger receivers. We just talked about Xavier Leggett being 6'3", 230. You know what I mean? You got a lot of guys, right? The, the duo over in Washington, the duo over in Ohio State. It's a lot of bigger body wide receivers. But I want to give love to this young man, man. Le, Ledetric, Ledetric Griffin. 
from mm. Missis, uh, Mississippi State, a kid coming off a game, Keith. Like, th- this is a versatile kid, right? Like, you know, going throughout his, his career at Mississippi State, he's got two kick returns for touchdowns. Like, he does a lot of different things well, but in the slot, like, in the slot is where he makes his, his – where he butters that bread. And against South Carolina, the stat line is crazy. Seven receptions, 256 receiving yards, 36.6 on average, and a touchdown. His quickness, his, he's quick twitch. He's got some explosiveness to him. He tracks the ball well. He's tough, even for a smaller receiver, right? So you, you think about the Zay Flowers. You think about the 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 Calvin Austins, all these smaller receivers that we've seen. The, well, who are we talking about in New England Patriots that they're expecting to break out? Demario Douglas, a smaller mm-hmm. slot receiver. He could be one of those slot receivers that we look back at. Okay, yeah, if he's not drafting to round four, right, round four or five, Cool, but then you get into training camp, and then you get into to into preseason, and he's a guy that the the beat reporters are talking about. I just want to keep my eyes on the Dietrich Griffin. Yeah, DP, I I, I like that you because that's a real name pool, right? And this and that's why we say stock up, stock down. This isn't necessarily talking about oh who's first round, and you know, like just so they moving up a little bit, or just looking at the bigger names, right? This whole purpose of this intent, right, is is man, we're talking about some of these draft prospects that are going to make some NFL teams that nobody's talking about right now who are elevating their draft stock with DP. I'm going to keep this thing going. I say we're not talking about – I'm talking about first-round conversation, DP. And I have to bring it back to LSU and Malik Neighbors because, DP, after you torch a team for 230, right, after you go for 230, 13 receptions, 230, and two touchdowns, right, you would think that, hey, we're, we're going to double this guy. You're not beating us, right? Somebody else on that team is going to beat us. And yesterday, DP, he he mildly, mildly went for eight receptions, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. It's like, what, what are we doing at this point, right? And, and, and the conversation is not, oh, Malik Neighbors' draft stock is up. It's how high can this go, right? Like, that, that's starting to be my conversation, right? And we talk about the stock market, right? You buy some Apple stock, some Microsoft stock, right? If it's a good company, you keep investing, right? And I'm going to continue to invest into this Malik Neighbor stock, DP, because he is he is rolling right now. And he's putting his, converse, his name in the conversation of who is wide receiver two? That's going to be the question, right? I think automatically a lot of people are talking about Emeka Ekbuka, right? And then now you have Keon Coleman emerging at Florida State. Malik Neighbors is saying, I might need to come off the board a whole lot sooner than what y'all think. So definitely I put Malik Neighbors in there for my stock up player of the week. Man, listen, the way he's balling, Keith, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, he's my wide receiver too right now. Like he, he, he he's, he's balling out of control right now. And yeah. the, the way he moves, and I love Keon Coleman, love Emeka Ibuka, but that's why you, that's why they say the games of the games must be played because Emeka Ibuka was wide receiver two for me during the summer. I was like, man, this kid has so much potential, which he balled out, you know, Saturday night versus Notre Dame, especially when Marvin Harrison injured his ankle. But still, what what Malik Neighbors is doing is what we wanted Keishon Butte to do last year. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's- the speed, the, the explosiveness, the toughness, the physicality, all that, Keith. But Keith, we got to, you know, if we, we talk about the highs, we got to bring it down to the lows, man. Our stock, my stock down person, a player of the week right now is DJ Uungalale from Oregon State in the, against Cam Ward, right? You got Cam Ward sitting on the other sideline. Granted, it was a close game, 35-38, but they, and, and they, the, the, the offense was balanced, right? 39 rush attempts to 34 pass attempts, but he only completed 17 to 34. 198 yards, less than six yards per attempt, per completion, one touchdown, one interception, 
And it was just it was just tough, Keith. Like I didn't like what I saw from him. Um, you know what I mean? Like he 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 just didn't look comfortable. He didn't look confident out there. I just I felt like I was watching the guy that didn't see didn't like what he was seeing. It was just a it was a lot, man. And I the when you across the field from a guy that's lighting your defense up, and your defense is supposedly better than his, right? And he is lighting y'all up. Like you it, it, you want to see that kind of that that back and forth that you know what I mean that 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 yeah. com, that, com, that competition and you didn't see it. He just did not look good in this game. I, I would ask you this, so that that would be my question, DP. In a vacuum, right? Like, let's say if Cam Ward played bad, I don't say also. Or let's let's say he didn't play that well, right? What would it have highlighted, or, or the fact that Cam Ward has played, he played so well, and he was throwing for four hundred yards? Did it highlight DJU, or, or like if Cam Ward didn't play well, would you still have felt like DJU didn't play? That well, because I'm, I'm just, I guess, you know, kind of placing DJU in a vacuum of, okay, your performance was what, right? And and that, yeah. that would be my question after you watched the game. Yeah, I, I felt like, of course, with Cam throwing for 400 across the field from him, it absolutely threw a spotlight on DJU. Yeah. Like, yeah. all right, what's going on here? Like, you know what I mean? What but I, mean? I think I would say if, if Cam even played just average and they still won that game, you look at DJU like, you didn't make the plays to win us this game. Right. There was throws left on the field, different things like that. He struggled with pressure again. I think when he was pressured, I looked at the numbers this morning when he was pressured, he only completed, I think, less than 40 percent of his passes when he was pressured. So it's like just still his foot feet getting stuck in the mud and different things like that. So just just for this week, because he's played pretty well for the most part of this season. But in a big time game, in a big time moment, you wanted to see him rise to the occasion. And he just did not. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And that's why I asked the question, right? Because it's important that we add context to everything we do because we do more and because we wouldn't do it any justice, right? If we would just mm-hmm. box score, um, you know, Scout. yeah, yeah, box score scouting or box score evaluating. Um, you have to cut the film on because you have to understand the moments and the context, everything that goes on. So DP, I appreciate that. Um, you know, that conversation and answering that question from DP. It's time to go be coach, right? Coach DP, coach. Okay, right. Coming up next, man, we get into the game ball segment. We are handing out game balls to the top performers from week four of college football. Need groceries for the week, but you don't have time to go to the store yourself? Try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right at your front door. Okay, with thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood while boosting your local economy with each and every single order. You will. Get everything, exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and relax and enjoy quality groceries just like you handpicked them yourself, all right? And, guys, it's it's easy. It's easy to have easy substitutions right in the app. There's customer services best in class. They deliver. DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20, a value of $20 when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Listen to me again. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. NFL at checkout. The locker room do- doors open and Coach DP and Keith walk in. It's time to hand out those game balls. And Keith, when you look at all the action that went on in week four, who are you giving the game ball to? I think I yeah. might have an idea, but I want to see. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. DP, listen, man. 
he just I just spoke about him and I spoke about the wide receiver conversation. I'm handing it to Keon Coleman from Florida State. I'm giving it to him. Like he, <laughs> he listen, at, at the end of the day, we're talking about one-on-one jump balls. I'm better than you, right? And then it was not a crazy performance. Right? I think he went five receptions for 86 yards, and but it was it was two pivotal touchdowns, right? Because I think his first touchdown was the touchdown for Florida State to kind of get that offense going. And and this is what he's showing, DP, because the start of that game. Remind, for Florida State reminded me of the start of the LSU game because remember Florida State started off really slow. I think they were losing that game also. And then what was it? It was a big Keon Coleman play that came, right? And I think it was the same exact thing in this game. And so it's it's more so just being the engine starter and then being Jordan Travis go-to guy, right? And and it and why you get the game, bro, is because in that overtime, it's me versus you. And I'm going to get the football, and I'm coming down with it, and I'm gonna make the difference, right? So I'm definitely—I I gave the ball to Keon Coleman because I—I I thought that when the moment was biggest, he's showing that I am a number one wide receiver, like I am your go-to guy, and it's—it's it's crazy, right? Because we're talking about him transferring there and Johnny Wilson already being there, but it seems like that connection is emerging of Jordan Travis saying, "I'm gonna just throw the football around you, and you're gonna come down with it." So I have to give my game ball to Florida State wide receiver Keon Coleman. Nah, that's exactly what I, I expected, and 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 it's it's just due, like because that was the game winning catch. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That was the game. That was the actual definition of game ball. That was the game winning play for that offense in overtime, and it was an outstanding grab. You know what I mean? Now you know caveat. If that was Nate Wiggins. He wouldn't have caught that pass because uh, he couldn't catch on Nate Wiggins all day. But you know what I mean? That was just the the leaping ability, the body control. It was crazy because when I watched it, and I was like, I saw. Jordan Travis rear back. I was like, he going to Keon. I know he's going to Keon. <laughs> and because like the right, like the last player, the last offensive drive, Nate Wiggins got hurt, and they put mm-hmm. the young kid Lucas on him. I was like, mm, nope. Like you gotta keep a safety back. Like Wes Goodman said, nah, we gonna run one. Okay, that's fine. Do your thing. And then when I saw that, when I saw the ball approach, I was like, all right, he's somewhat. He, he's phased. He's trying to do chest to chest. He's trying to be, you know, be on top of the route. And I saw Keon levitate. I said, oh, this is over. Like, this is a grab. <laughs> I was like, nah, this is a grab. Yeah, and, so, and it, was, like, it was a good was game. I, I would say that it was a good game because a lot of people were predicting a blowout, you know, Florida State to blow Clemson out. But I appreciated, you know, that it was a close game, right? Like, in, in that they had Clemson the ebbs and flows. Game, but, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, they, they definitely should have. Like, you get a kicker from that's, like, working with Wall Street. Yeah, um, it was crazy. And, and you know what the quote was, DP? I was watching on ESPN, and Dabo said, he said, this, he, he was telling the announcers, right, you know, just pregame, uh, you know, during the week and stuff, they talked to the TV announcers to give them background and stuff. And he said, this is either going to go really good or this is going to go really bad. That's what he said about the kick. And I was like, that. And, and they were talking about it as a, a plus because, you know, he was making the field goals early in the game and then the, the one to win the game. The so one like, chip shot, 29 yeah. yards. Nine yards. He yep, shanked it to the right. My game ball, Keith, it, it, it's – man, I, I went off on that that whole situation on the, lock, on the instant reaction when I live-streamed on Saturday because it was it, – it annoyed the life out of me. But I got to go back to who I talked about in the first in the first segment, man. That's Cam Ward. You know what I mean? To like I said, to, to, in that big time matchup against a really good defense, a team that also does a lot of time possession and ball control, right? Like they ran the ball thirty almost forty times for well over two hundred yards. I think they ran the ball for two forty two. Yeah, thirty nine times for two forty two. They had two runners 
Uh, you know, they had two runs that were really like the big, you know, the big deal for them. Uh, the Sean Fenwick and Damian Martinez, but Cam Ward just he had a look in his eyes during that game, Keith, where it was like, We're not losing, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna let that happen to us. And like I said, 28 to 34, 404 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, one on the ground, and the ability to just do what he's able to do throw, you know, going to his left, square his shoulders, get the ball out. You know, on the move, feet not set. The the quick flick of the wrist, the unique throwing motion. He 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 was he was a baller, man. Uh, yeah, I, I saw. I have let's because we got a couple minutes before we have to wrap. DP, I, I want to ask you, Cam, like Cam Ward. The what, what are you seeing? Are, are you seeing first round talent? Are you seeing top fifteen talent? Are you seeing man? I probably feel better or more comfortable taking this guy in the second round. Are you seeing like elite level tools? Like what? what because this is the second time Cam Ward's name has come up on this podcast today, right? But we've talked about him earlier, and we talked about him and all the potential. So, what what are you seeing? Like, where what direction are you heading with him as a as a draft prospect? I'm heading where I think he has a real good shot for QB three. Okay. I think he has a real strong shot at that, and I think he has a real strong shot of being a top twenty pick in the NFL draft. I think what the way last year I felt like he did a lot. Of dancing in the pocket, drifting all the way back, Houdini yeah, stuff. And I didn't and I didn't care for this. Um I guess my question is, are you seeing a lot more improvement? Because when I watched them last year, right, I, I gave them mm-hmm. a mid-round grade because it was a lot of that, right? So it yep. uh, is a lot of it now. Is he operating with a plan, right? Because I, I yeah. think it's cool to play backyard football at times, but when your game is solely backyard football, then I don't know if that necessarily works out. So when you watch him, DPO, you're seeing somebody that's operating with a plan um, and being decisive. I think so, Keith. I see a guy that, that to me, he's playing with a little bit more control uh, than he did last year. I think he's seeing the field better. He's seeing and reading coverage defenders leverage better to, to get the ball over and around guys and dropping it right in the bucket, different things like that. And, of course, Oregon, you got USC in the Pac-12, Washington. He's going to get into some matchups where – a 405 touchdown game is exactly what you're going to need for real. You know what I mean? Yeah. To knock off a Caleb Williams, a Bo Nix, a, a, a Michael Penix and stuff like that. But um, I think he's playing with more confidence, more control and more ownership in this offense. Of course, it's year two. So you expect those things. And man, he, he just looks like somebody that, all right, I think he's got the arms talent. He's got the mobility and athleticism. And I'm starting to see just more headsy play from him where it's not as much helter-skelter, you know, uh, spinning in the pocket, ju- juking defenders and all that stuff he did last year. I think he's playing a little bit more structured. But, again, got to see more of it. Got to see if it continues against even higher level of competition in this in this uh, conference. But I think I think he's doing a good job of it. Okay, well, cool. That's what we all would care more, man. I, I'm not – DP, I'm probably going to dive into the film this week, man, because, um, you know, he has enough, you know, decent opponents that he's played to start, you know, getting traction on that. Um, I dived into J.J. McCarthy, DP, and uh, I think I like a couple things that I see, man. But we're going to leave that for another podcast. But, man, that wraps it up for another Monday show. It is Monday. So, y'all make sure y'all have a beautiful Monday. Make sure y'all have a productive Monday, man. And like we always say, man, shout out to our everydayers, man. Thank you for tapping in with us to come talk everything football man you know we're gonna be going tomorrow's tuesday so we make sure y'all tap in tuesday look we got monday night football so make sure y'all tweet at us man you know where to find me i'm at the talent code on twitter you know where to find dp 
at DP underscore NFL, man. Talk to us because we talk back. And like we said, shout out to every day is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Like you said, tomorrow we got Rookie Report. We got NFL Game Ball, all that good stuff on tomorrow's show. And he just gave you the Twitter handle. So go follow us and do all of that good stuff on YouTube. Subscribe, uh, like the like the videos, but also hit the bell.